Well, I'm really excited to chat to this man. John Brackenridge, for 27 years, was the CEO of the New Zealand Merino Company. He is a new companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit, honoured in the New Year's Honours List for services to the New Zealand food and fibre sectors and the Merino industry. First of all, congratulations, John. Thanks, Rowena. Yeah, Happy New Year, and it's, uh, it's great to be talking to you. You're doing all the lifting today. No, no Jamie today? <laughs> no Jamie today. All the lifting for a week. So, oh, you know, oh, now okay. that uh, now that he's turning 65 this year, he's easing back into work at the start of the oh, year. So. Oh, OK. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, we've got quality with you. I'll pay <laughs> you later. Hey, um, <laughs> quick question for you to start off. Obviously, 27 years as CEO for New Zealand Merino Company. What was it like to have a summer? not working oh, well yeah, I can't say I haven't been working because I've been sort of, sort of thinking a lot about food and fiber and, and where we are but uh, but it's a, it's a different type of thought you know it's not like uh, well the whole team of people you've got and thinking about the workloads in front of them and your new strategic plans and so forth so it's a little bit more big picture thinking about um, much more of this country's food and fibre sector uh, and the latent potential that's sitting there for it. So, um, sure, I've, I've made sure I've had a had a little bit of um, relaxing time, but also, you know, I can't help turn off completely and um, still pretty energised about our food and fibre sectors. Yeah, we last uh, chatted to you. You were heading off to the US, I believe, uh, for something called the Curiosity Quest. That's right. Yeah, it was... Um, Following my, my time at NZM, it was this capacity to travel overseas. It was US and Europe. And just without having to be in meetings and closing out deals and all of those things, to be able to sit there and to ask a lot of questions, see what's happening, and to, again, reference that back to um, the opportunities and, indeed, the threats uh, from a um, uh, New Zealand food and fibre, and I must say technology, um, you know, how, how that overlays it too. And, uh, oh, it was just a wonderful um, uh, to experience it, to be able to meet with some of the people that, that we met with and then to actually um, come back with a whole lot of ideas with regard to um, how the country can, can step up and, um, you know, Again, around the reference point of, of how our um, incredible industry and the growers and the um, and all the businesses associated with it um, can sort of step into the next few decades. Talk to me about what the industry was like when you first entered the industry. Yeah, so um, Merino was was very much. You put uh, for the growers, they put a whole year into growing um, their wool and then it went through to an auction and it was whatever the mood of the auction was that day or a typical commodity. Um, and um, uh, from our perspective, the growers that were involved and for us as a team that were working on it, we were leaving a whole lot on the table because we weren't uh, accompanying the fibre with story and linkages and whole value chain ecosystems. And so I think there's a huge amount of parallel for certain parts of, of the um, New Zealand food and fibre. Um, there's a lot that is still being sold as commodity. There is a lot that is going through without story. Um, and um, from my perspective, having been overseas, um, 
there is just a huge appetite for people to understand where their products come from, and we've got incredible stories to wrap around uh, that can help us further premiumise. And the key thing is to be able to get some of those rewards or big chunks of those rewards back through to the the people who are doing all the toiling on farm. Yeah, absolutely. So where do we start as an industry to address this, John? Well, I think we've we've got to be prepared to say, right, well, who are the best in the world at this? And this is one of the things I did. You know, who are the best people uh, at storytelling and differentiating? And, uh, and I think, you know, I might have mentioned you earlier, but we looked at who um, in Forbes magazine said the wealthiest um, person in the world in April was last year. It actually wasn't a, a, a Silicon Valley um, tech um, entrepreneur. It was uh, Bernard Arnoux from the uh, LVMH group, Louis Vuitton by Hennessy. And um, when you have a look at it and you say, well, what are they selling? Is it really handbags and, and, and um, you know, luxury drinks? No, largely they're, they're selling you know status and brand and recognition and all of those sort of things, and you can't help but, but sit there and say, you know, how how do we learn from them, and then how do you overlay that um, with um, you know some of the uh, great linkages we've got through to the Stanford universities and Stanford design schools and so forth to really. Um, say who's leading in the world what can we learn from them and how can we apply that to our industries yeah it's an interesting topic and I see uh, you know a few smaller organizations or even slightly bigger ones the likes of uh, icebreaker the likes of Allbirds, the likes of even Sophie with her honest wolf brand trying to do that that storytelling uh, with mixed success yeah, well, that's true, and, and um, that's why as a country we, we need to get momentum. We need to uh, really get in behind the two or three brands that will initially position us as a legitimate place of, of luxury um, products um, and, uh, and really be able to do that to give the confidence, to give the insights, to give the market recognition of more and more of our primary sector um, so I, I, I think it does, in the short term, really um, necessitate picking uh, across industries, you know, a small number of businesses that get the status, and in particular have mechanisms of bringing back the extra value through and rewarding the, the producers. John, just speaking about that, what figures stand out for you? What tells the story of New Zealand's value to the world or the world's value to New Zealand? Great question, uh, and this is this is where some people should get some um, excitement with regard to the potential, because at the moment we're exporting fifty billion dollars worth of uh, food and fibre products around the world, but that turns into quarter of a trillion, so two hundred and fifty billion by the time it, it hits um, the consumers around the world, and that's been validated and, and led by some work Ian Proudfoot from KPMG. Mm. So um, how do we get more of that $250 billion uh, back into the pockets of, of um, our primary sector industries here and use it in a way that incentivizes and, and rewards uh, and provides uh, directional um, encouragement to the, to the producers in this country? 
There we go. That is the $250 billion question. John Brackenridge, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, congratulations on those four letters after your name, CNZM. Well deserved and really appreciate your time on the country today. Great, and thank you so much.